0: Story with you. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. There are certain authors acknowledged as masters of the time and place they portray. Take Marcel Proust, whose remembrance of the past of upper-class France has never been equaled, or Ernest Hemingway's picture of man against the elements. Such a sovereign writer exists in Rudyard Kipling, whose knowledge of turn-of-the-century India, its magic, its superstitions, and its terror, we are about to bring you today. Fleethair thinks he was bitten by something in the night. Open your shirt and let Kipling have a look. There. Yeah. Yeah. Ever seen anything like that before, Kipling? I don't know. India is full of strange animals and insects. Those marks in the center of your chest, they look like you're growing a leopard skin. Our mystery drama, The Leopard Man, was adapted from the story by Rudyard Kipling by James Agate Jr., and stars Norman Rose and Bob Caliban. I shall return shortly with Act One. As our curtain rises, one can hardly make out the dim outlines of the India Club for the thick winter fog that swirls about the building this New Year's Eve. Nor is it easier to see when one enters the club because of the thick haze of tobacco from those British with their pipes and cigars sent to trade with and rule India. In that corner, those three are typical. Kipling, a journalist, Strickland, chief of police, and Fleet, a new arrival. They're playing a game of English billiards. I've had it. That's it for me. I've had all the red ball I can do with. Uh, tell me, Strickland, is always so uh, hot in this part of India? You'll get used to it, please. Uh, well, don't know that I shall. Uh, either of you two mind if I smoke one of my hohannas? <laughs> I'd offer you one, but they're deuced hard to abstain. No, thank you. I smoke a pipe. Yes, uh, I always enjoy a good cigar. Who'd join me in another brandy? I don't mind, Kipling. You, Fleet? Uh, frankly, I don't care much for that rock gut they serve here, which they call brandy. However, you know what I should like to do? How about a turn outside? Uh, should be less stuffy, don't you think? Besides, I'd like to show you my horse. <laughs> so, now there's an animal. <laughs> well, what do you say? Shall we go outside, Mr. Kipling? Perfectly all right with me. You, Strickland? Certainly. Tell you what, Fleet, You go on ahead and have one of the boys saddle her up for you, and uh, Kipling and I will settle the bar. That's right, huh? See you right there. Stryffin, this uh, friend of yours, this fleet. Can't say I care for him. him. I don't know him. I'm putting him up as a favor to a friend. You're not planning to write about him for your paper, are you? I thought him extremely rude, not offering us one of his precious cigars and then calling the club brandy Rutgers. That didn't stop him swilling it down all evening. And champagne and sherry and whiskey. We're picking up the bill. No, I must say, a thoroughly objectionable man. A bit of a show-off, I admit. I believe he has some land in the Himalayas and horses, which he breeds. He rode over here for the holidays with a note from an old friend of mine. Naturally, I said, well, while you're here, come stay with me. He blanched a bit. Thought he'd be staying at the police station. I'll make it up to you, Kipling. I oh, don't apologize. Who knows? I may get a story yet out of this crap's character. Ah, Mr. Slickland, I wondered where you were. <laughs> uh, boy, bring her around a bit closer. She's not going to hurt you. Go up, bring her around to the port steps. Bring your horse up to these steps. Whatever for. <laughs> I want to show you something. Uh, boy, what is the matter with you? Closer, I said. Any anyway, good that'll do. Hold him there. That's... Where's Mr. Kipling? I'd like him to see this, too. He'll be along. Well, I'll show you how I used to leap into the saddle. I haven't done it in some time. <laughs> Would always have my horse brought right round to the house. <laughs> I'd stand on the top step as I'm doing now. Then, one, two, three. <laughs> oh, Philip, are you hurt? Uh, Kipling, come down here and give us a hand. Uh, Kipling! Uh, now, what's going on? Oh, Philippe was demonstrating how he leaps into the saddle. He missed the horse. She balked, kicked him, and has run off somewhere. Well, what was he trying to do? Fancy himself an American cowboy? Oh, look, he's passed out. Shouldn't wonder. It's all that rot got. But what are we going to do with him? Can't leave him lie here, much as I'd like to. Well, let's pull him to his feet and walk him to my house. You've got a spare cell for him in your jail? How far have we walked? I say, what is this place? I'm about halfway to my house, Pete. We'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, is this some sort of temple uh, walking by? Sipley, you tell him. Uh, You're the historian. Oh, uh, yes. That's the temple to Hanuman, the monkey god. Uh, well, these native beliefs are all the same if you ask me. Doesn't really matter whether they're praying for a monkey or a Buddha or a sacred cow. Yes, my cigar's gone out. Anyone got a light? Oh, yes. Here. Yeah. Oh. Fleet, mm? let's move along. The priests don't care for visitors uh, stopping outside their holy place of worship. They consider it desecration. Oh, <laughs> they do, do they? Desecration, huh? They don't know what desecration is. Be behave yourself. What are you doing? I intend to enter the temple and pay them a visit. But I see those torches in there, the fires, the heat. I'm taking off my shirt. Put that back on again. He's ripped the shirt from his back. It's in pieces. Too much wine. Strickland, let's let's push on. I can see them watching us. Come along now, fleet. You're making a scene. Take your hands off me. Who do you think you are? Strickland, will you let go of me? Please ah. be reasonable. If you behave like this, and they see you with me, it'll make it difficult for a police. Let's go. <laughs> hey. ah, that's better. Well, now, what's this? A stone set, eh? <laughs> Hey, old chum. Look up there at the top of the set. That's <laughs> a great big fat monkey idol. It's made of red oh. Well, I'll take a closer look. Come back, please. That's their god. The his ring with priests. You won't get out alive. Hey. Monkeys, baboons, bid welcome to the white man who pays homage to your primitive rights. You're interrupting the sacred service. Well, I do believe that red monkey up there would like to meet me. Come back now. I'll give the old turn monkey something to remember me by. I got a gift for you, monkey. Here. Have a oh, cigar. again. He's lying right at the foot of the idol. Please. For the Lord's sake, get up! Get up, you fool! And you see what he's done. No, oh, where? Look at the front of Hanuman. The idiot has ground his cigar butt into his eyes. Oh, so now we're in for it. A white-robed priest to her advantage. You see that tall, thin priest? Oh, you see that? I've never seen anything like him before. He must be the protector of the idols. His whole body is covered in silver, even to his face. Don't move. Don't say a word. He's coming to us. Who is this creature on the ground? This white man who has defiled our temple and our worship of Hanuman. I deeply regret this. Uh, He's an English planter. He's been celebrating unwisely. Pitch him up. (laughs) For that, well, hi, trickle, boy. Oh, Lord. Oh. Let the beggar stand alone. He will fall. He will not. Oh. You, Englishman. Oh, well, hi, man of terror. Are you talking to me? You are not human. You are a beast. Return to your kingdom. <laughs> yeah. You will be punished. Are you sure it's talking to me? Sure. Oh. Uh, his hand. Lord, take it. The away from my chest. It turns. And it's here at the same time. I, I can't move. Take your friend away. He has done with Hanuman. But Hanuman has not done with him. <laughs> Put him to bed. He's quieted down. I never thought we'd get him home. Where do you have him? A spare room just down the hall. Strickland, Happy New Year. Yes, you too, Kipling. I've celebrated 19 New Years in this part of India, and still the natives surprise me. By rights, those priests should have cut us all down, yet they didn't. The silver priest protected us. Did he? I'm not so sure. Strange about Fleet believing the priest's hand on his chest was both burning hot and icy cold. Yes. Yeah. A form of mesmerism, I'd say. We haven't heard the last of this. The managing committee of the temple will bring an action against the three of us for insulting their religion. You really think so? There's a section of the Indian Penal Code that deals with precisely such an offense. <laughs> Get that. Well, Her, uh, our friend must be having a nightmare. I'll have a look to make sure. I'll be back in a moment. Oh. Oh. What is it, Fleet? Oh, what's the matter? Uh, a terrible itch on my chest. I keep scratching, but it won't go away. Go no. to sleep. Haven't you caused enough trouble for one night? and join us. You two having lunch on the port? Oh, you're just in time. Lamb chops and lettuce. Oh, how are you feeling today, Fleet? He's been annoying my cook with his request. All I asked for was an underdone chop. I want it rare. I can't eat shoe leather. I see you've completely recovered from last night. He says he doesn't remember a thing. Nothing of what happened at the Temple of Hanuman? No, I don't. Too much brandy and champagne, I'm afraid. Uh, Slickland, would you see if your, your cook has any more of those, uh, underdone chops on the fire? <laughs> I, I'm ravenous. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kipling? What a tea, thank you. So well, you had a restful night, did you, Fleet? Well, uh, you breed queer mosquitoes in these parts. I've been bitten to pieces, but, uh, I lay in one place. Well, let Kipling have a look. He's a journalist, and he gets about in medical circles. Perhaps he'll know what bit you. Uh, open your shirt. It may have gone down since this morning. Uh, I'll have some tea and chops brought out. Uh, There you are. (laughs) Nasty, eh? Well, it doesn't look like mosquitoes to me. Uh, Those marks in the center of your chest. Well, they're the marks you'd find on an animal. A (laughs) leopard. They they were pink this morning, those blockies. Now they're black. Tea, coming. The cook gave me these two chops, see? They're practically raw. Are you sure you wouldn't like them a little more dark? No, 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 just, just right. I haven't been this hungry in my life. I can't think of what's come over me. As minute follows minute, the effect of Fleet's desecration of the temple becomes more apparent. His body is marked. His appetites are brutish. His act has angered a god. Foul deeds will rise, says Hamlet, though all the earth overwhelm them to men's eyes. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Kipling's India was a land of British rule and Indian image worship, a jungle of wild beasts, rivers of man-eating fish, and disease-bearing insects, danger at every step. Yet, in spite of that, Westerners managed to live there, that is, those who accepted and respected the mystique of the country. One of them has profaned the monkey god Unaman, a plantation owner called Fleet who is already suffering from a strange illness. What are you going to do with him, Strickland? Well, what can I do? He lives a two-day ride across the mountain. I can't very well boot him out in his condition. He's already caused more trouble than he's worth. Do me a favor, will you, me Spend the night here in my house. The man needs constant watching, and I don't think I can do it alone. Well, hello. Looking for you. All right, I'll stay. Our spotted friend has spotted us. Yes, well, I, uh, I hope you uh, won't think I'm absurd, but it must be the location down here up in the hills. I never feel like this, but I am famished. Well, I know we, we ate at one, and here it's only four o'clock, and I'm quite dying of hunger, as <laughs> I suppose... Cook wouldn't have any more of those delicious chops, would he? Tell him not to bother to cook them. I'll uh, have them raw. I'll see about it. Uh, Why don't you two go down to the stables? I'll meet you there. Sweet, are you really serious about eating raw meat? Oh, yes, yes. It's only to save Cook the trouble of cooking them, you understand. (laughs) As I hate to make a nuisance of myself. (laughs) Well, the stables are this way. Follow me. (laughs) First. You've was a long, a long time, Mr. Kapling. Not long, ten years, since I was sent down here as a correspondent by my paper. And yeah. He'd been here some ten years before I came. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone in the area who has the respect of the locals as much as he, and being a police officer at that, so it're just round the hedge now at the stables. <laughs> Nicely done, isn't it? The beans give you a sort of Tudor effect. Those stables could accommodate a dozen horses. Counting yours, that are just five now. My mare is in there? Yes, one of the boys brought her around last night. Now, I'll open this side door and walk you through. Well, what is it? What's the matter with them? I don't know. I've never seen them do this before. Perhaps it's something about us that's disturbing them. Why, you chaps standing outside the stables. Uh, please a cook says there'll be some more chops for you in a while. What's oh, all the noise in there? What's the matter with the horses? I don't know what to make of them. When Fleet and I walk through before, they behave like lunatics. Rearing and kicking at their skulls. Isn't that peculiar? Oh, let's all of us go in. Oh, will you look at them? They're sweating and shivering. The last time I saw anything like this was in Bournemouth. When a circus line got loose among the horses, uh, Kipling, please, uh, we'd better leave. They're going to injure themselves if we don't. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, well, I've had enough of this. I'm heading back to the house and see one of those cops already. Uh, which way do I go? Uh, follow the path around to your right. Uh, well, good. Thank you. See you later. I want to go right back into the stable, Kipling. You, too. Uh, are you sure? Just you and I. Without him. Yes, a good girl. What oh, was all that upsetting you? Good girl, Outrage. Uh, you see? I had nothing to be afraid of. Well, uh, this black one over here has calmed down. Good boy, Black Diamond. Good boy. Kittling. They aren't afraid of us. I'd give three months' pay if outrage could only talk. Oh, uh, Mr. Sicklin, I'm, uh, I'm terribly sorry, but I took the wrong path and I landed right back here. Oh, we'd better move out of the stalls before we get trampled on. Please, please, it's you. You're making them panic. Oh, nonsense. Something's wrong with your horses, not mine. My mare will follow me like a dog. I'll show you. Now, where have you put her? I wouldn't if I were you. Right, sir, in the last call. I was broken on this stolen and heading for the field. Kipping, help me get this fool out of here. His horse has knocked him uh, flat. Oh, no, I'm all right. I don't need any help. The whole thing's a mystery to me. Which way did you say the house was? Around to your right. Keep right. Well, aren't you going to find your mare? No, not now. was funny. I was hungry before, but now I think I'll... I'll lie down before we go out to dinner. Can't stand the noise of these brutes. Gone off to sleep. What a way to spend New Year's Day. Listen, do you notice? The moment he's gone... The horses settle down. I must say, sometimes he makes me want to kick him too. Have you noticed anything peculiar in his manner, Fleet? Oh, you mean the way he eats, like an animal, a wild animal, tearing at the meat, awful manners. When I bent over him a moment ago, did you notice his chest? His shirt was open. Those marks. What did you make of them? Well, they could have been caused by blister flies. Never. In a pattern like that. and besides, his skin has turned furry. Like a And Possibly a birthmark has just become visible. Well, whatever it is, it's unpleasant to look at. You act as so though you know something, you think I should. Now, what is it? I can't tell you now. Well, why not? The horses seem to know. You'd probably say I was off my head. Look, Kipling, I want you here to help me watch Fleet. But I I was dining out tonight. So am I, and so is Fleet. If he doesn't change his mind, we'll all dine together. What, say we have a ride before dinner? (laughs) You and I and Fleet. Do you think he can get a horse under him? You're right. Look, I'll go tell him we'll be back before seven. Well, that was an excellent ride. What time is it, Strickland? Oh, we're fine. A bit before seven. I oh, told please, that's when we would be back. I'm hoping tonight and tomorrow morning are the last we'll see of him. The next time I volunteer to put up a friend of a friend, will you please kick me? <sighs> ah, here we are, home again. Well, isn't that the very limit? There are no lights on in the entire house. Indian servants are really a careless breed. <laughs> the horse has gone wild! Where are you going? The stable! I can't hold her. Something lying here in the driveway. Settle down, settle down. Settle down. Settle down. Don't know you don't. No horse is going to throw me. So we'll leave the horses tied up here and then take them into the stalls later. I can't think where the stable boys have gone to. I want to go back and see what made grades behave like that. Well, there was something lying in the driveway. Of course, I just remembered. Thinking we'd be out for dinner, I told the staff they could have the night off. That's why the house was dark. Look over right there. Look. Under the orange bushes. Well, what are you doing on your hands and knees on the ground? Oh, uh, Strickland, you two Kipling. What's wrong with you, Freed? Nothing. Nothing in the world. Come, now, let me help you up. No, 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 I'm fine. Leave me alone. I enjoy the smell of earth. I stay close to it. Are you going to remain here? Rooting about on all fours like a pig snuffling for truffles? No, no, I'm going for a walk now. Yes, a long walk. All night, thanks. Strickland, uh... I've decided not to go out to dinner. Oh, thank you. I can put together a good meal for the three of us. Well, how does that strike you, Fleet? I am not really hungry. We'll all that raw meat, no wonder. Fleet, uh, come along. It's going to turn cold out here tonight. Come along inside. It's much nicer out here. Let's dine outside and have some more chops. Blush them. Underdone. Bloody office with grateful no fee. I said inside. And inside it will be. Stand up. All right. I'm up. Oh, that's better. We'll all meet in the dining room in half an hour. And bring your appetite. I will. I'm suddenly ravenously hungry. Has he gone to his room? Let's go into the kitchen. We can talk there without being overheard. You know, there's something very wrong about him. No question. That face, his eyes. The moment I lit the lamp, he shrank away as if the light hurt his eyes. That's what struck me the most. His eyes. I can't look at them. There's a a green light behind them, and his face, his mouth. The way his lower lip hangs down. Why, he's become monstrous. Well, let's do something about dinner. Anything special in mind? To tell you the truth, Strickland, sitting at table with that creature is not going to increase my appetite. Well, anything will do, Strick, anything at all. (laughs) Quick, Scott, what's that? It's coming from Fleet's room. Come on. Fleet! Fleet, what is it? Which one is his room? This door. It's locked. Fleet, open the door. Oh, Strickland, you've got your riding boots on. Keep the door in. (laughs) He's time to get out the window. He's got to stop him. look at his face. He's become an animal. No, don't go any closer. Do you hear that? Some other animal is calling him from outside. Now, please. You're, you're, you're all right. No one is going to hurt you. Christopher, Christopher, I've got a boot jack. This Keep talking to him and maybe I can get round behind him. Please. Please, you know I have a gun. All police officers carry guns. But I'm not going to use it. After all, we're friends, aren't we? All I'm asking you to do is come away from that window and sit down so that you and I can have a quiet talk. Come on, old chap. Oh, I, I got him. Oh, I'll say you did. You knocked him unconscious with one blow. So now we have to work fast to tie him up. Get some bunker rope. Yes. Now, I'll hold the knees while you tie. Uh, around each foot and back. Yes, there, through the arms. There, once. more. I've got the end of it. Who here has uh, the rope? A few knots, one, and two. Yeah. That ought to do it. Look, I'm going to tie this scarf around his mouth. And those teeth of his have grown off the so sharp. You better get hold of Dr. Dumois. Well, you don't really believe an ordinary medical man can cure this? I don't know what to believe. I, I can't understand it. I can That's what I wanted to tell you before, but didn't dare. Remember the silver priest's last words? Our new man is not through with you. You should have been a writer. This was sweet. This poor creature. his human spirit must have been giving way all day. And it simply died at twilight. When we saw him in the driveway in the dark. It had already left him. This beast is all that's left. Indian folklore and the diaries of those who ruled India in Queen Victoria's day are filled with accounts of the weakness of the white man before the powers of India's religion. Today, we of the West may, believe it or not, the choice is ours. I shall return shortly with Act Three. He lay in Strickland's dining room, this bound and gagged Englishman called Fleet, who had turned from human into animal. Kipling and Strickland waited for the local doctor who lived near that Indian outpost, the inhuman creature struggled weakly on the floor, his eyes glaring with the look you have so often seen on the faces of captive animals in the zoo. What time is it? Almost midnight. Well, he's taking his own sweet time, isn't he, old Dr. Dumboise? I can't bear to look at poor fleet, or rather what's left of him. Chief, speak loud. Oh, yes, sir. Come in, doctor. Dear uh, me, I don't like making calls in the middle of the night. Why must people always get sick after office hours? Oh, didn't my man tell you it was urgent? Yes, he did. That's why I'm here. Where is the patient? Right there. On the floor. Oh, heavens, oh, my dear, my dear Never seen anything more ghastly. Where did he come from? Oh, what is it, doctor? What's wrong with him? Well, I have to examine him. I don't know where to begin. Where did you find him? Is he an animal or, uh, mm-hmm. a... man, Doctor. He was a guest of mine. He became so violent we had to tie him up and gag him. Uh, but, uh, but could you look at his chest? Uh, do, do you see where his shirt has been torn away? Uh, yes, we, yes, I see. Uh, what's the chap wearing? Uh, some kind of costume. Costume? Well, it looks like the spotted hide of a leopard. Not his own skin, Doctor. Oh, no, I can't believe that. Would you remove the gag from his mouth so I can proceed with my examination? I wouldn't recommend it. He makes some unearthly noises. Yes, I wouldn't doubt it. So would I if I were afflicted this way. But if you leave him gagged, he might swallow his tongue and death would be instantaneous. Doctor, if you kneel down on the floor beside us, You might also like to ask the poor chap a few questions. Yes, yes, I would. Uh, I'd like to ask him how this transformation took place. Uh, His mind is all right, isn't it? Oh, yes, uh, he understands you. Then at least I might learn something. Doctor, I gather from what you're saying you feel there's not much you can do for him. Well, at this late stage, I doubt it. It's a wonder... The man is still alive. One more knock. And we'll have the gag off. Let me. Hello, sir. I am Doctor Dumois. I see you watching me with your eyes. And the very nice eyes you have, sir. Sparkling green. Do do you remember, sir? What beat you and when and how it happened? It's away from me. He will not let you at me. Please, I'm giving you a choice. I do stop that noise or we shall get you again. I know you don't like that. He understands. He's nodding his head. Uh, Chief Pickling, to the best of my knowledge, the victim is dying of hydrophobia. I'd like to have been of some health, but I'm afraid I'm here too late. Whenever the last moments come, i Send my man over directly. Yes, yes. Please do. But don't concern yourself about a thing. We'll call you. Au revoir. the doctor has gone. Now I think it's time we were realistic. Kipling, the only person who can reverse this spell is that silver priest. You think you could persuade him to leave the temple? If we can't, Kipling, then we must use force. I'll enter the temple first Ask for an audience with a silver priest I will try to lead him into a corner And talk to him I'll be watching from out here uh, So when you think it's the right moment You'll try to come up behind us And slip that noose over his head And I'll wrap this cloth around his mouth So far so good But if he struggles Take the other end of the noose rope Grab it and tie his arms to his body. I hope you'll come without a struggle. But if we are seen and the other priest try to rush us, you've got my pistol, haven't you? Yes. I hope you keep the bullet out. It's not loaded, but they won't know that. Go on. Get started. I'll be right behind you. You cannot enter this temple. Please leave. My my name is Kipling. I'm doing a story on the great and sacred rites of India. You must go. We do not admit to this affair. And non believer defiles our worship. The temple of the monkey god Hanuman is very ancient. And I'm going to write about it. Go speak to the silver priest. You have no permission. I shall ask him myself. He's standing right behind you. Uh, Sir. Your holiness. Do you remember me, Kipling. I'm the journalist who is here the first hour of the year 1900 with Steve Zippling. Regrettably, this Englishman entered the temple before I could stop him. You may leave us. I will talk to this, Mr. Kipling. Do you remember that night? Uh, may, I, may I talk with you? Cut over in this corner where we will be alone. What do you wish? The third person who was with us. He is dying. So be it. You have no conscience about killing. He committed a great sin. He must pay for it. We do not wish him to die. You cannot stop the power of Hanuman. Nothing can stop his punishment. You can stop the punishment and you will. i the news clean over his head. Careful. Don't pull it too tight. <laughs> The gag.
1: Got
0: it. Got it. Oh. Oh. Take the other end of the rope. Yeah, quickly yeah. Wind it around his arms. Oh. And now, oh. if only we can get him out of here before the others see us. Here they come. You can't get away from me. Get that pistol out of your pocket, Kitchen. Right. When you get the silver piece dead, hold it high so everyone can see what you're doing. We are taking your high priest with us. We will now harm him. He has injured a friend of ours to the point of death, which we cannot accept. Don't move, any of you. For the pistol that you see pointed will go off. Go so before they decide what to do. Oh, my priest, that was a man. Look at him. He's struggling for life. So be it. He meant Hanuma no harm. He was foolish. He should pay, yes, but not with his wife. High priest, I have much respect for your powers, but none to the evil retribution you have visited upon a man whose only crime was having taken too much liquor on a night of a white man's celebration. Now, I will give you five minutes, old man, to remove the curse you have placed upon him. After that... I pull the safety catch of this pistol. Then, the trigger. It is your choice. His life or yours. Uh, Yes, what is it? Come in. Good morning, Kipling. It's seven. Uh, Is it? Did he get any sleep? What time did the silver priest leave? About four? The moment I hit the pillar, I was out. Why, oh, you're all dressed. How long have you been up? Oh, about an hour. I thought in my official capacity, representing the law here, I should visit the temple. At six in the morning, have prayer all day and all night. I told them I would personally do what I could to redress the pollution of their gods. It was strange, the reaction was strange. They solemnly assured me that, to their knowledge, no white man had ever touched the idol, and that I must be laboring under some kind of a delusion. Not so strange, Dickon. We're in that part of the world that hears no evil, sees no evil, and speaks no evil. What that silver priest did was so simple, it's hard to believe. Opening free shirts, and laying his hand upon his chest, and that is all. The cure started instantly. The leopard skin seemed to dissolve. Fleet's face changed like watching gettle turn back into high. Yes. And the eyes. Where they had been green and malevolent and brutish, piercing like a cat's, they lost all that color and became the pale blue he was born with. Um uh, Slip on some clothes and let's go see how he's feeling today. Hey, Sickham, Kipling. He knows (laughs) us. Well, a very good morning to you (laughs) fellows. Happy New Year to you. To you also. (laughs) It's not New Year's Day, Fleece. It's not. Today is the morning of the second. You slept the clock round with a vengeance. Uh, Mr. Fleetland, Dr. Dumois here. Oh, come in, doctor. <laughs> the is ought to be good. Uh, yes, Fleetland, I've brought uh, an assistant to do what is necessary. Oh, my goodness. Is uh, this Mr. Fleet? Yes, happily so. But uh, what was... I... Uh, Fleet, uh, get yourself dressed. Uh, Kipling, let Take the doctor onto the porch. Well, uh, have you two been playing some kind of practical joke? Yes. I want you to know. I take a dim view of such going on. Oh, well, Dr. Dimois, it was dark. It was late. All of us had celebrated a little more than usual. Quite understandable. We forgive yes, you. Well, I don't wish to be forgiven. Huh? What was understandable? Hey, I don't drink at all, no, sir. You don't? Well, oh, nevertheless, no, it was your opinion. You had seen a mere fatal case of hydrophobia. Why don't we all forget it, Doctor? A mistake is a mistake. It had a happy ending. I never make mistakes. Uh, not of such proportions. I really wish you would take all this more calmly, Doctor. Yes, um, send us your bill and we'll take care of it. But, again, I have always thought you were reasonable and responsible. I'm surprised you would play such games, dressing a man in a leather suit and all that. I am not very surprised that this Kipling person, who I know Max living, writing lies, was your fellow conspirator. Uh, I bid you both good morning. I have some honestly ill patients to visit. Well, our last meal together, gentlemen... I hope you enjoyed your lunch. Well, I shall be sorry to get back home, Chet. Perhaps you'll invite me down next year, eh? <laughs> I wouldn't mind Christmas with you. <laughs> it would be jolly. Yes, yeah. don't you think having sleep down next Christmas would be jolly? I say. I hope you don't mind if I mention something, eh? I noticed it when I came into the dining room right away. Uh, some animal must have gotten in here during the night. Did he? Did he? Uh, yes, it's a horrible smell. It's a bit like the zoo in Calcutta. Ever been there? Where they keep the big cat? Yes, I've been to the zoo in Calcutta. Well, yes, these things happen. One leaves the windows open and the smell comes in. <laughs> Try burning south of Scotland. That should get rid of it. Well, I'm off. Pick up my bag from my room and meet you by my horse, right? <laughs> and remember then, next Christmas, Good. It's been a little like the zoo in Calcutta. I know. Let's saddle up our horses and have a good afternoon's ride. Fresh air is what I need. You know, you never told me how you happened to have Pete as a house guest in the first place. I'm going to forget him forever. Do it here. Kipling. if you want to write about what happened, by all means do it. (laughs) But leave me out of it. Well, that would be hard to do. I just may never write it because no one would ever believe me. If I remember my Kipling correctly, he casts a jaundiced eye upon Christmas and New Year's in India, saying, let us honor, all oh, my brothers, Christmas Day. Call a truce, then, to our labors. Let us feast with friends and neighbors and be merry as the customs of our cast. For if faint and force the laughter, and if sadness follow after, we are richer by one mocking Christmas past. I shall return shortly. Isn't it too simple and self-protecting to dismiss the strange by calling it fiction, or superstition. I believe that we, in our part of the world, have a great deal to learn about the power of the unknown that controls our lives. Look up into the sky one night and ask yourself, how can I be immune to the unaccountable when that moon up there causes the tides of all the oceans to rise and fall? Our cast included Norman Rose, Earl Hammond, and Bob Caliban. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Oh, you worried for nothing. The top lock was closed. Now for number two. There. Go ahead, huh? Can you get the lights? I got them. Oh, I'm so sad about our trip, but it is nice to be safe at home. I'm with you. Oh, uh, well, listen, I'll take the bags right into the bedroom, then. And... Yeah. What is it? Look. What's that thing? On oh, a tripod, by the window. What? Huh? Or some, some... kind of a gun. What? Carrie. Carrie, someone's sitting in our apartment. Maybe they're still... Okay, ladies. Oh. Shut up. The same goes for you four-eyes. One peep out of either one of you, and I blast you. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. All-favor certificate now under 20% until October 1st.